have uh, Aiden on Skype. Hello. I'm using a laptop and I unplugged the power earlier in the day and they've only just uh, replugged it in now, so the battery's about to go flat. It's going to critical power mode. Got the, the audio coming, the microphone going into the laptop, then the output from the laptop um, using a, an FM transmitter. So, into the other room where I'm receiving the transmission just on a on a normal radio and output from the radio into the computer and then uh, back to Skype. Oh dear, we have Mike on again, no doubt to tell me what to do. Good day Dave, how are you? Not too bad. Thank you for uh, accepting me on Skype. I've been trying to find Peter. Oh, I know it's, uh, hello to Aidan also. Uh, how's it going? Good day. You're loud and clear in East Doncaster through Dave's uh, setup. Bit of noise on your line there, Aiden. Yes, well, as I said, because I'm just using a very low power transmitter, it's not quite making distance. Um, it, and also, the the frequencies that you can choose from are all very close to other stations. Oh, so you're uh, talking into the computer via a wireless link? Yes. And that's a bit noisy. Okay, <laughs> well, that, that explains that. No doubt you've got it set up as well as you can at the moment. Okay. Yeah, well, I hope to improve it. Um, I'm told that if you actually... These transmitters can actually be plugged into the the power input of the cigarette lighter, basically, of the car. They're meant to go about two two inches. Yeah, so if if you get a... um, You can get a converter that goes from the cigarette lighter thing into just the mains power. And my friend's done it. He's got exactly the same as mine. And he could actually reach three houses with just that little thing. Oh, that's pretty good. So once I get that, I should be uh, crystal clear. Yes, so you were a busy man uh, last week. Oh, yes, had to um, go out. I was out in the um, in the city, actually. Yeah, pretty much a couple more weeks to go. Um, so, yeah, then we're um, on holidays, and I'll be able to get some time to do a few projects. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, one of them is going to be actually building a bit of a recording studio. Oh, uh, so I've got I've got the mixer, um, getting microphones yep. to actually put it all together basically. Should I start my recording here, Dave? Oh no, not necessarily. For legal purposes. <laughs> oh well, you, well, 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 you can can if you like. My, my hands are sweating already. From the Science Museum, Swanston oh, Street, God. Melbourne. Oh, this is the K3BWI with the Sunday morning news broadcast for radio amateurs and shortwave listeners. Point. Yes, yes. Your engineer this morning is John yes. Lancaster. Yes. yes. And don't, don't give my surname. No, don't I won't. That That's why I stopped it there. So I'll move it on past there. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the last tape because I've got another tape here that I can send you. Oh. Uh, oh, no, that, this, I've, got, I've, I've got about six, six of your broadcasts. Oh, well. On, on no. full track tape. On full track? Yep. <laughs> The quality, as you can imagine, is this is the one with Aiden, Aiden, in, in 30 years' time, this could be you. This <laughs> is the one with, with Whitlam's speech. And I don't, is, now I don't know if Aiden's heard Where Whit- the hell did you get them? Oh, I, know, I thought I lived at a pointless lifetime. This is the Sunday morning broadcast on VK3BWI. We now present a repeat of the opening of the Remembrance Day contest by the Prime Minister, David, introduced David. by yep. WIA Federal President. I could I could topple over any, at any minute, and it would be all your fault. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but, isn't uh, but you've proved your point. That is the tape. Yeah, and but you've n- also totally stolen my thunder of, 
from this uh, VASF, sorry, ACFA C60 tape. Yep. That I was going to play. So you've got no hope of getting Tony's old stuff. I mean, oh. Well, no, I'm only going to play Whitlam. That's not, that's not, there's only a little bit of you on this, then the rest is Whitlam. Yeah, well, I can't think of it. I'd probably, would probably prefer me, but uh, this is VKCBWA. <laughs> I, I sound more like uh, Malcolm Fraser than Golf Whitlam. You do. But for those people who never heard Whitlam on thing, we'll, we'll play Whitlam. This only goes for about two minutes. This is David Wardlaw, VK3W, Federal President of the Wireless Institute of Australia. It gives me great pleasure to introduce the Honourable E.G. Whitlam, QC MP, Prime Minister of Australia. I am honoured by your Institute's kind invitation to declare open your 1975 Remembrance Day contest. It is right that we should remember the amateur radio operators who laid down their lives for Australia during two world wars. This occasion has taught me a little more about your useful and remarkable hobby. Perhaps the word hobby is a misnomer for such a varied leisure activity. Your contacts as radio operators are truly worldwide. As amateurs, you have been experimenting for many years with your own satellites and communicating with other amateurs as far afield as Africa and Japan. With the next generation of amateur satellites, you will be able to contact your friends much further afield in the USA and elsewhere. In these days of developing communications, Australians can pick up their telephones and have discussions with people around the globe at any time. But the process is expensive. It is surprising indeed that you in your shacks can talk at almost no cost with old friends and make new ones anywhere in the world. You are truly private ambassadors for Australia and I have no doubt that the worldwide network of amateur radio communications makes a valuable contribution to international understanding. I commend your work in providing communications with stricken areas and your ability to move into action quickly when a natural emergency arises. My colleague, Senator Bishop, the Postmaster General, assures me that every possible facility is given to amateurs involved in emergency traffic. I hope the use of amateur satellites for communications in emergencies will be more fully exploited. At present, you have training schemes for your members, particularly in youth radio clubs, but I hope you will try to widen your educational programs and bring knowledge and experience of your exciting work to the widest possible audience. Young people today, with their natural interest in scientific knowledge and advancement, would want to know more of your work and how they may participate in it. I have much pleasure in declaring open the Wireless Institute of Australia's 1975 Remembrance Day contest. That was the Prime Minister's address for the opening of last month's Remembrance Day contest. Aiden? Mm. Aiden? Yeah. Who, who was that snotty sounding kid that uh, said that at the last bit? Not golf, but the really uh, the grossly sort of snobby accent guy. Who was he, do you think? I'm led to believe it was you. I deny it entirely. What happens <laughs> is Dave, uh, Dave uh, has this incredible processing system. Ah. Makes it all just to embarrass you. 
Well, you should actually um, hear some of my old radio stuff. <laughs> the uh, two metres down, because I'm getting some food back. Right. Um, can you hear me okay? Oh, you're coming through beautifully. Oh, that's okay. Right. Um, yes, I haven't been up for a while on Skype, so I thought I'd give it a go and see what was happening. Yeah, our seems to be working okay. Oh, that's okay. Who else have we got here? We've so you just keep talking, I'm just listening for a yeah. minute. Yeah. Now, Dave, where the heck did you dig that tape from? Because I thought I had the one and only copy in the world. You said you, you put onto acetate disc or something. Huh? Actually, that's a recording of the of, of the broad, of the Sunday morning broadcast. I did cut an acetate tape disc of it. Why did you cut cut a disc of it? I, I just preserved my dulcet tones when I was 17 or something. Or? Now, what what really amazes me is that I in my what's left of my mind. I thought that was 74, but it's clearly 75, which makes the tape even more remarkable. Yeah, that's right. So obviously you've been uh, doing an archive search as well in your archives. I just I just worry. Uh, I'll have to bolt the doors, because obviously you're coming in here and stealing all my little cassettes. <laughs> I don't more than three, was it DH? That's correct, yes. Gosh, that takes me back. Aiden, say nothing because you, you realise that in 30 years' time, when uh, Dave's about 100, this is all going to be played on the net. And you uh, will experience what I'm experiencing, sweaty hands and your hair all falls out. You know what I'll do? I'll get some of my old radio tapes and I'll put them in the computer and uh, play a selection, play a few snippets. Aiden, don't do it because Dave records it all. You can't say anything. Everything is taken down and can be used against you. It's so much so easy now on computer. You've well, got a few. I'm not the only ones with these, so um, doesn't really. They're in the public domain. Yeah. Aiden, I've got tapes from uh, 1960 Mumble uh, when I'm much younger than you are now, and listening to them, it's I can't. It's Embarrassing. Yes, you see, Dave, you play our tapes, you don't play yours. Cruelty, cruelty. <laughs> I cruel play mine. Is, is your motto. I, I play mine every week. Selected not ones. When you were um, mumble teen. No, not, not, mm. not Where is uh, Mr. Peter? Because we've been working on stuff to do with the missions all week. He's been ringing me while I've been ill, and he disappeared. He came up from Camstream, and I said, G'day, Peter, and bang. So you've been ill? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, sorry, I sneezed. I oh. beg your pardon, what happened? Oh, yeah. It'll be actually quite interesting to see what does win. I mean, you've got very two different things. You've actually got... Um... Oh, there you go. There's a snippet from so radio. How many years ago uh, Aiden, was that? Aiden, do you, you realise David has captured this? And in, the, in future years, you'll have to leave the money at the second tree from the left in Carnegie in the paper bag. That's what right, I do anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, this would have been uh, 2000 and... No, it would have been last year, actually, early last year. Oh, right. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's this week, this, this second in our, in our time frame. <laughs> this, this shouldn't embarrass anyone. Length of that tone. Good morning. You're in tune with VK3 BWI Wireless Institute Radio, broadcasting from our studios at the Science Museum of Victoria in Melbourne. As per usual, we're operating on 1825 kHz, 160 metres, 3600 kHz, 80 metres, 
144.5 megahertz, 2 meters AM, yeah, yeah, and through yeah. the magical device on Mount Benningham, known as Repeater VK3 RML, on Channel 1 FM. Engineering the broadcast today is Carl Bicknell, VK3 BCF. Logan's weather should be cool with a few showers. There. So, Dave, you actually bothered to tape that rubbish from 1970 mumble. Well, obviously, you, 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 you bothered to tape some as well. <laughs> No, I bothered to actually uh, speak. As you heard, this is the VK3BWA. I sound like uh, Mrs. Slocum on Are You Being Served? <laughs> you, you do, yes. It's a terrible voice. Oh, I, wait, you weren't supposed to agree. You were supposed to say, oh, no, no wonderful speaking voice. Have you got one cut a bit lower? <laughs> Would you mind remaining in the fitting room, madam? You see, we share our accommodation with gents ready-made and they've got eyes like orcs. <laughs> for you to come and serve me. Any trouble, Mrs. Slocum? I thought you'd be over. <laughs> I'm just asking your sales girl if she's got one cut a bit lower. How much lower did you have in mind? I'll deal with it, Captain Peacock. Miss Brahms, get out the 38C platform. And I must admit, I think it's improved a little bit. Through the WIA uh, transmitter of 1975, Yes, I think a lot of those broadcasts I just recorded because I wasn't home and just put a time clock on just to record them and the tapes somehow uh, been uh, never gone over. And little yes. did I know that 30-something years later I'd be he held up to shame and ridicule. Now, you know when you used to do those broadcasts emanating from the Science Museum, when I worked at Broadcast House... A lot of people used to listen to that broadcast, Sunday morning broadcast and your, your voice would be echoing down the hallowed hallways of the ABC because the AR8 receiver in the switch room was tuned to 1825 and even though the, uh, the museum had a terrible signal, we were just down the road from it and it was sent up tie lines so anyone in the area could just dial it up and listen in uh, to, the, to the broadcast. I wish I'd recorded those words because I, I, I had no idea that my fame had reached uh, across several city blocks. <laughs> One morning I went into the studio supervisor's office and he was a ham and he was sitting in there. He was the, like the duty senior announcer and he had a Ken KP202 on his desk and it was screeching out the broadcast and he says... I've still got my KP202. <laughs> and he says, have a listen to this guy. He's, he's got quite a good voice. Now, w w is he still alive? <laughs> because I want to send him a uh, thank you card and a Christmas card and, and my... <laughs> no, he tuttled uh, about two or three years ago. It's probably my broadcast that did it. It might have been, yeah. Sunday mornings, you could hear that WIA broadcast echoing throughout the, the breadth of that place. Of course, there are quite a few. Probably uh, at that stage, there would have been a, you know, probably 20 30% of the people working there were, were hams. You saw that John Lords uh, has gone, the, the golden tonsils and all that. My understanding is that he had a little gizmo, which was an equaliser slash compressor slash limiter slash whatever, that uh, made his voice sound so mellow and wonderful. If only I'd had that on the 3BWI broadcast, I too could be old, past it, reactionary and uh, of no interest at all and have had to quit with failing ratings and be driven away my... Mind you, that, w, that 3BWI transmitter made everyone sound, well, about the same, I suppose. It's somewhat telephonic response. Well, Peter Cosson, 3BFG, built the whole thing from scratch and uh, 
did a great job, except he did not mark the VU meter correctly, so everything was ground up far too high. Now, I, I'm shocked that after 30, how many years is it, Dave? Uh, 75, uh, yes, 32 yeah, years. 32 years, you've actually dug out my corpse, cleaned <laughs> off the, uh, the the greasy bits, and, and are now broadcasting not only on the on the air, but on the World Wide Web. Did you notice that Whitlam talks about the World Wide something? He said that. Yes. Um, well, you know, we are truly private ambassadors for Australia. You are truly private ambassadors for Australia. We are. Yes. yes. You and your shacks. Are the but world... he did say worldwide. He did, didn't he? Sure. Worldwide network of uh, amateur stations or something. And I have no doubt that the worldwide network of amateur radio communications makes a valuable contribution to international understanding. Something like that or something. And he said that didn't speak as far as Africa. Yes, that's Who would right. have thought? And communicating with other amateurs as far afield as Africa. We were, we were struggling to speak from Glen Huntley to Carnegie. A speech of Whitlam when he was chucked out and he stood on the steps of Parliament House. And you can find it on YouTube and so forth, but I can I can trump that because I was there on November 75. And yeah, so, uh, so so which is interesting because I must have done the broadcast a few days before. You must have, yes. So, so you, I'll have to look up look out my old pictures and uh, do a website. But uh, well, what? may we say, God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the Governor General. Yes, what happened to the microphone? Oh, you mean the. Uh, he had a. Something was wrong with the audio. Uh, it was sort of bumbly or. Well, may we say, God save the Queen. <laughs> because nothing will save the Governor General. It's the standard one they always play when they talk about it. It sounds like the microphone had a crook insert or something. No, no, what it was, in his rush to record the segment, the camera person, whoever he was, didn't thread the film around the sound drum in the proper manner, and it was obviously there was obviously tension there. It, of course, um, was causing flutter and wow on the, the, the uh, magnetic soundtrack. But surely, Dave, there were, there were a dozen people recording that uh, s some sometimes in documentaries you do in fact get you do get they can dub off a radio version onto the television soundtrack I mean they're just being lazy if they play the original news version but there are versions with proper sound that have been lifted from elsewhere and there are obviously other cameras there as well so every version I've heard of that speech has always had that rumbly audio. I've never heard it clean. No, they, you can hear it clean sometimes, yeah. I think they like to play that one, the, the gurgly audio, because it's, it adds to, the, adds to the moment, doesn't it, really? Yes, yes. If it was totally clean, it just wouldn't sound like it was from 1975. Dave, can I just uh, ask you to fiddle with your mixer for a moment, because uh, when uh, Anthony speaks, um, my earwax is being cleaned out better than a certain recently elected Prime Minister. I've got low level. I've got low level. Hang on. Oh, yes, okay. Everything sounds the same on the two-metre service. Oh, well, the two-metre the two service is going through an Audimax, a Volumax, and a multi-limiter, 
and a big one. That's the reason why it sounds the, the same. The console that Dave has for uh, his system, yeah? Mm. I've just pulled the microphone gain down to one and a half. Is that better? Yeah, that, that sounds fine, thanks. I have All no right. complaints. What's happened to Peter? Because uh, in the background, Peter and I have been working on this, this thing to sabotage uh, you, Dave, which, <laughs> given what you've done to me tonight, is kind of cute, uh, with, the, 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 uh, w with a project, but uh, he's disappeared. Well, he's a busy man on the job today, obviously, Mr Peter, who isn't that far away from uh, Anthony, but he's not on tonight. He oh, must okay. be because uh, he recommended a restaurant named after Miss Marple up in oh, somewhere on that Bayswater Road, Baronia Road, somewhere. So oh, he's, right, okay. He's way up the distance. Oh, this is him here. Okay, I'm going to go through the whole thing and do the conference. So we're going to have 57 people on the conference call. So just I spent half my life in Miss Marple's. Ah. I took the Polish girl here every Sunday. Ah. But that's another story. Uh, Mike, I wonder if you know Uncle Trevor. He's the, he was VK3 Tango Juliet Lima. He's a silent key now, but he's a broadcast engineer through DB. Alas, uh, it's way out of my field. Uh, Dave might know him, but uh, I'm sorry, no, I don't know. Oh, OK. Know I thought with your connections in radio, he used to... My uh, connection in radio? <laughs> I, <laughs> I did the broadcast in 1975. Gosh, fame and honour and uh, incredible amounts of money flowed from that, didn't they, Dave? They certainly did, yes. You could have been another John Laws. <laughs> I, no, I'm sorry to be sarcastic, Anthony. I, I'm, I, I've never been in the radio industry at all. Oh, OK. I, um, yes, he was uh, with 3DB for many years and uh, uh, knew Clint Imsey, Bert Bryant and all those famous people at 3DB and uh, rumour has it that he recorded an interview with Elizabeth Taylor, you know, the film actress, and when Uncle Trevor passed away, Auntie Thelma gave me this probably 210 inch and 12 inch and 15 inch reel-to-reel -reel tapes here that I'm still going through, uh, and uh, when I find it, it'll be, uh, it'll be most interesting. More I, was just, I was just waiting for the entire site to go down while Dave yeah. zoomed across to uh, your place, Anthony. He's, yeah. he, he keeps digging out people with old tapes. Do you notice that? Yes, well, um, the, what's his name? Uh, Chris AML, he's after him as well. Yes, there could be some long-lost records of 3DB. Who, d who knows? Oh, I'm sure there are some very interesting air checks from people of uh, past ages. You never know what's on them, so uh, yes, before you throw them out, have yeah. a listen through. Bert, Bert Bryan takes me back. He was the race caller, was he not? Yep. Yes, that's right. He did the races and, at 3DB. And we'll oh. send correct weight down it. the line. Yes. Well, Anthony, you, you don't sound old enough to understand any of this, but <laughs> 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 I know Dave is, and... Poor, poor Aidan must be thinking, what the hell are these old people talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Trevor used to do the um, the feed from Mooney Valley back to 3DB in uh, Flinders Street. And he'd what be the it? one that had organised the transmitter and the... Um, and the uh, they used to send it down the phone line, I think. They had a, a telephone 600 ohm link from 3DB out to the race course at Mooney Valley. And... Uh, Trevor would go, you know, five, four, three, two, run, and uh, then next minute you'd hear Bert Bryant come on racing, and they're off. Well, Dave could correct us, and by the way, hello, Peter, you've you've come back. Dave could correct me certainly, because he's a very um, 
I was going to say old, I think senior is a better word. Didn't they used to do that stuff uh, uh, via HF radio back in 19 Mumble? He's cleared out. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him after all the abuse I've held on him. Did you hear that stuff with me at 17? I mean, that's a bit cruel. I'm an old man now, and he drags up my, my ancient history. I wonder if I can sue. Probably can. I can try, anyway. And we, but we have someone who is actually born in, you know, within the last hundred years, which is uh, young Aiden. Who, uh, Aiden, say something to wake up the old people. How do you get a contact in Skype? You doubled then to use the old. Phone. Oh, did I? I beg your pardon. I'm trying to add a contact. I've got all these extra people in Skype, and I'm going to add them, but I can't remember how to do it. Come on, Aidan, this is your chance to shine. Explain to some old man how to do it. Oh, I have no they're, idea. They're giving away false teeth down the street. Giving away false teeth? <laughs> false teeth. <laughs> well, watch out, because there'll be a whole her herd of oh, radio yes. hams. At last, we can... We, we can, we can so bite right, I found it. Now, you're talking about links to the race course and things. I have in my possession an old 3DB backpack it's a converted army vhf backpack works on about 40 megs and it's got 3db written on it and it's been modified you could plug a, a proper broadcast mic in and walk around uh, with this backpack and a ba big pack of batteries and uh, and do live interviews and obviously they use that to send the signal back to the to the station probably via a vhf antenna on top of the those two towers in in flinders street there now, you know what my friend said to me the other day? He picked up two flat-screen LCD working monitors off the curb. Really? That He's done pretty well. I know, I know. That's almost a record, isn't it? <laughs> two flat-screens. Yes? I, I thought of Aiden walking the dog tonight because I saw two uh, monitors, but they, they were just CRTs, so obviously Aiden lives in a very posh suburb. He does. Paupers out here. Actually, it's pretty rare to see him. I, I was actually quite surprised. And it, it didn't, he saw him in the street next to me, but I've never seen anything there, but maybe I'm not going for enough walk. Uh, now, Anthony, did you have a question for yes, me? Yes, that 3DB thing you've got, have you had a look inside it? Oh, yes, I've had a look inside it. Is there spaghetti sleeving, and I'm talking about the old-fashioned stuff, over some of the solder joints? No, I'm, I think there is, yes. Well, it's probably either been built or modified by Uncle Trevor because that was his trademark. Oh, look, I'm sure it would have been done by him. It basically is just uh, uh, an army set that's uh, had the audio, uh, you know, changed over. Basically uh, not modified that much. Uh, I looked in, I've got a, a book on army equipment. It was quite a, ma la a landmark equipment for its miniaturisation in its day. I think it's a World War II vintage thing. I've still got bits and pieces of all that stuff from 3DB here from uh, the great uh, clearance sale. Oh, yes, yes, I suppose it'll take you a few years yet get everything everything out. Yes. I'm worried. I'm, I'm still using up the spool of yellow spaghetti um, sleeving from 1970 Mumble. Oh, yes. I didn't know I was, you know, preserving the old crafts. Oh, yes. You're, I you're thought everyone did it. Uncle Trevor's legacy lives on. Yes, yeah, I'm still sorting through stuff and finding bits and pieces that uh, 
I thought I'd forgotten about or didn't know about or some little note that was stuffed inside a chassis or something. Yeah. Because he used to do that if he ever made repairs or modifications or something. Generally speaking, he'd take one valve out and uh, in place of the valve he'd write a handwritten note and it'd be detailing of what happened, why it happened and when it happened. So that's right. very interesting. Uh, yes, yeah, so he must have been a busy man on the job. I've had, um, I've had uh, Mr Egg here a few times. Oh, He's yes. He's been fascinated. He would have been. He continues to take all the stuff away. Isn't that good? You've got someone to take stuff. There's an here that's uh, missing a VU meter, so he's got his eyes on that. Mm. Can, I, can I just butt in with a thought? I think that the thing that I heard back in 1960 mumble was called Two-Way Turf Talk. Two-Way uh, Turf Talk with Bert Bryant. I remember that, That yes. rings a bell. Yes. Ah, dingle, dingle. It was I similar to what we're doing here, but we're Ten-Way Turf Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I often used to say we're, we're, ready for, we're doing a Two-Way Turf Talk. It's one of our sayings from that era. But but wasn't it done at least in the late sixties on HF? I'm sure it was. It oh, was. I don't think I, I think I don't think I've used HF for that sort of thing. The last HF connection that I know of was 3KZ. They had a uh, they used to re- get a report from the um, the beach down at Elwood, the life saving club, and they used to do that on two megs. Well, I must defer to your greater knowledge, being such an old, such a senior, such an experienced person. But I reckon I, I'm sure I heard it, and it had whistles and heterodynes and things back mm. in the good old days. Not in my recent history that I would know about. We'll be back in just a second. Righto. We'll be back. I Don't think they had a couple of systems, you know, a phone line and a yeah. HF and a VHF link or something. Generally, they just used a phone line. Those mixes I would put uh, money on it, but um, I, I don't have the recordings because back when I was about ten, I you couldn't afford the tape. wasn't recording everything that wasn't nailed down. So yes, you couldn't just put fifty hours on one DVD worth fifty cents. I remember looking through the window there, and they had uh, a rack full of AR7s and other sorts of associated equipment. Indeed. Are they still six feet under? Because hey, you can go and get them. Yeah, it'd be worth getting the snorkel gear on and let, let's uh, let's get them because uh, sell them on eBay. We should go down with a submarine, get photos like the uh, the Titanic's radio room, publish them and uh, make money and, and, and retrieve them. And well, say, I, I, I'm a bit old and uh, if I'm a bit old, you're far too old. So let's send um, young Aiden down. He can uh, drown and we, we'll, we'll just all stand back uh, on the shore um, and saying, oh, what a tragedy. Aiden... <laughs> Say hello. We're not going to talk about the ancient... Now, the valves would still work. The pins might be corroded, but that, the, the valves would be OK. And use it as a mooring. <clears throat> may, may I can a little confession here? I, I'm not sure what an AR-7 actually was. Which it's makes me feel very... Uh, well, do explain. Uh, yeah, I know what they are, but someone else can explain. Military receiver, transmitter, I don't know. When it's described to you, you, you'll know they're the iconic radio. I think they, there was a list of ARs. Um, they started with, oh, probably started with ones and twos, but I think there's threes, fives and sevens were the main ones they had. Plugging coils for each band you used, and uh, they had this wonderful uh, etched metal work on the front of each of these big band uh, coil boxes you'd plug in. So you'd be able to work out where the, the uh, tuning dial was meant to be 
in relation to which frequency, etc. The rip-off of the, the National HRO, and they had, they had a big round knob in the front, which was a tuning knob, but not direct reading. You had to read off from a graph. The coil boxes had graphs on them, so you could you'd turn this big knob in the front and you'd read off the numbers and that would approximate where you were on the thing. In fact, there's a famous photograph of a receiving station. I think it was out at Digger's Rest or somewhere. There's a whole room full of them during wartime. I've got, uh, I've got some wonderful photos down in the Antarctic. They were also used down there for most of the HF as well. Right, yeah, they're certainly a workhorse receiver. I had an HRO at one time, but I uh, never had an AR7. They're getting to be rather, well, not rare, but... Uh, they weren't that good, really, compared to modern sets, and they were a pain with the coils and tuning around. Yeah, once the coils went out, they were a bit of a bugger. But also, that and the, um, what was that wonderful Air Force or Army-type receiver, the BC-148 or 147 or something or other? A triangular glass face dial with a knob. That's the one with a big chunky clunk, 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 and then yep. a big rosary. Yep. Yes, yes, they were very good sets. They were originally 28 volts, but you'd put a power supply in them. And they, they worked very well. I had one of those as my main receiver for quite some time. I, I purchased it off Harry Roach. Harry Roach. And we've, got, we've got a recording of him too, but I won't play it. Yeah. The Sunday morning news broadcast is coming to you on VK3BWI. The shortwave listener notes are presented by Harry Roach. Good morning. This is Harry Roach bringing to you the shortwave listener notes for Sunday, the 7th of September, 1975. Band reports. 160 metres. Coffee break transmissions are still the most consistent area in this band. Yes, you know, you probably done by me, I know. I, in fact, I would say certainly done by me, because I think I was the only person that ever actually bothered to go down to Harry and... Uh, Recording, so. Hello. Don't, 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 Harry Roach here. With well, the short wave list of notes for 1975. Yes, well, I don't think they're <laughs> quite current. A little bit out of date. 160 metres. He, he was a lovely, lovely guy. I was an old guy. He, he, He's about he your young. age. Uh, thank you. I always thought yeah. he was old. Even before I knew radio, about radio, I'd ride my bike up Foster Avenue and I'd look down that driveway with the funny antennas all around the yard, and in his garage he'd be always, there'd be this man at the end with his desk uh, on this bench working with this all this looks like very important scientific equipment. Did you actually go and see him when you were a kid? I gosh. Uh, did Harry ever get his hand call? He did. The last few years he did, in fact, have a licence. Why did he wait so long, I wonder? I... He was a lovely old man, and I, I really don't want to laugh at him because uh, I honour his memory, so... I'm getting corny, but he was a lovely guy. Oh, we're not laughing at him. He, uh, I think he's, he has, his main interest was receivers, and he didn't feel the need to transmit. He had enough time. He didn't have enough time to do what the work he was doing on receivers. I would bet you dollars to donuts that uh, the recordings you have of uh, him were me, and I would have only done, oh, two, maybe three with him. But... Uh, uh, that's a dangerous thing to say, because with your, with your vast archives, I'm sure it would be wrong. And I'm back. You're back. I am. I needed a receiver, so I went up to Harry, and he had just finished um, refurbishing this BC-348. 
which I purchased off him for about $80, I think. He'd made a nice little power supply with an 80 valve. Just think how much it would be worth on eBay today. Yeah, about $10. That recording you heard would have been made off that, that receiver. Which recording? Recordings of the WIA broadcast. Oh, with that little snotty kid. Yeah, yeah okay. that, whoever he was. Yeah. May, may I just quickly ask, where the hell is Peter? Because we've done all this stuff. And, He's still uh, online. I'm here. He's having some um, troubles with his keyboard. He presses one letter, another letter comes up on the screen. He's got an Enigma machine by mistake. How do you receive this, Aiden? Is it through the through the ether or something? Uh, through the chat. Oh, I see. Okay. That, when I was away, I was in the other room. Um, that, that's why I wasn't at the microphone. I see. And I'm actually what I'm trying to look for is a um, nine volt to two forty volt transformer. No luck yet. I'm just uh, I've just been having a bit of a look, but I'll probably have a better look tomorrow. Well, perhaps you could try a 240 to 9 volt uh, and put it around the other way. Just, just. Yeah, I suppose. That, well, I've got this little um, transmitter here. I just think I know my friend's got one, but uh, I sort of might do. I might have to have a look at his and see. Um, I'll, I'll be online, so don't say anything bad about me. But you kids can talk amongst yourselves. Oh, for a few now, minutes. now we can really get stuck into today. Get stuck into now, me. First of all, he drinks his own bath water. Secondly. I think I'm about to be disconnected. <laughs> How's it going? And anyway, the charges were never proven. Yep, Hello? yep, I can hear you. Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, oh, good evening, everybody. And uh... Peter, where the hell have you been? I've done such vast work, and you disappeared. You left me alone in my hour of need. I... But no, I, uh, I was listening and uh, hearing about the Whitland dismissal, and uh, I was wondering, um, uh, Mike, uh, that WhitlamDismissal.com website, uh, are any of the audio files that are stored there yours? Uh, no, certainly not, as far as I know. Uh, depends, Dave may have, may have stolen them away in, in, back in the year mumble, but uh, no. So it got lots of Super 8 and uh, slides and things, which... Hey, hey, Aiden, have you heard of the uh, thing Super 8? And do you know what slides were? I do know what slides were or are, but I have not heard of Super 8. I've heard of High 8, but not Super 8. Oh! <laughs> what oh, about Standard 8? this young boy. Super 8 versus High 8. My golly, what a, <laughs> what a leap in technology. Yeah, one was chemical, one was electronic. Oh, right. <laughs> now I know the difference. <laughs> Super 8, oh, um, uh, back in the... Year 19, mumble, 10 mumble, something. 16 millimeter film uh, was split into half, which made standard eight, and then later they stretched it a bit and it became super eight. And it uh. has nothing to do with uh, with uh, video technology. Back in the day, oh, these kids today, I had to walk five miles through blazing snow, and somebody finished the rest of the sketch for me because I can't remember. Yeah, we did this one the other the other week, so I think yes, it's a bit right. recent. Yes, yes, if you want to see Super 8, uh, go to my YouTube site. There's pictures of the Glen Huntley railway gates. I've seen those. Yep. That's off Super 8. Okay, it's it's oh pretty, but the quality's it's it's okay. It's a bit grainy, but yeah. you know it looks uh, looks older, doesn't it? <laughs> well. Unless you wanted to spend a million dollars a minute and use 16 mil, uh, 16, 8mm uh, was about the only thing for a for some one on no wage or a minimal wage. 
If, I reckon if you put the footage of the gates into black and white, you could say it was shot in any year. That's right, yes. My developing tank it back in 1969, 70, something like that, uh, took 16mm film. But yeah. I was too poor to afford it, so uh, I had to make do with stills. Oh, the scars still remain. Mm. Uh, news reading by, um, you know, Stiffly Kids. I've actually found some of my own news um, news readouts. <laughs> traffic play it, play thing. it, play it, play it, because Dave will record it and uh, blackmail you. Come on. <laughs> I'm so limited. glad I didn't put that tape onto, onto the PC because... Uh, You'll be playing it. Down. So we've got some interesting tapes there. I actually have recorded some stuff, Dave, but uh, after tonight, never again. I'm going to put them into a lead-lined vault. Aiden Rackley, get back to the fun from the comedy section. Well, I think you'll, you'll get, get whoever that kid is will go a long way. Thank you, Aiden. I suddenly feel so much better about Dave playing me. <laughs> Composers. Spanish properly. I'm not. I'm not clear. Why was that a prerequisite? You had, well, to be able to talk about classical music and opera and things like that. I thought so. I thought that as soon as I heard it, I thought it would have been really bad, but the equalisation really fixed it. I'm so glad I waited to broadcast until I was what 17 or something. So a couple of years made all the difference. May I just quickly ask Peter? Peter, wake up. Yes, yes. What, uh, what can I help you with? Hello? Can, can I ask you to remove me from this chat, which will improve the quality enormously, and talk to me quickly about um, the project and stuff that I've done? Can we, okay. uh, can we go on private chat on, on Skype for just a couple of minutes? Okay, all right. Well, I'll disappear and come back shortly. And I'll disappear. So, uh, so you disappearing. Can all my name. But I don't have any anything uh, worse than the 75 broadcast. I shall return. Oh, that is not a threat, is that promise? Yes, I'm going to uh, join oh, you out the crowd as uh, well, uh, Dave. We've, I've totally forgot you were there. No, that's all right. I've been out making cups of tea and oh. all sorts of things and feeding the cat. And uh, oh, right. I've just been uh, having had the thing quietly listening. Oh, good. Oh yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah, it's amazing how if you get to who's on. Well, when you've got six or seven people on talking at once, it's very hard to keep track of what's go- what's going on. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I suppose you got it from all angles with the um, the VHF, the UHF, and now Skype. And uh, that's right. Your quality yeah. is uh, your quality on Skype's about is better than anyone else. Actually, it sounds very good. It's just a standard um, headset microphone that I picked up at one of the big uh, retail places. Right, well. Uh, and um, I think I paid about $9 for it or something. Um, it's got right. a note. What's the sound card in this thing? It's an AC97, uh, which is an onboard sound card in this computer. Um, a broadband connection, and that's it. Fans. I mean, I could put the Behringer B1 on, I suppose, but that. Well, as awesome. I keep saying, I mean, you two could be speaking in the in the studio. You yeah. can't tell the difference. What's this noise they're talking about on 160? What sort of noise? 
on my um, transmitter. Oh, it sounds like a crossover distortion. It just sound It's funny that. It must be one of the valves is soft or something because uh, in actual fact I don't have to have the mic going up so high because the tubes have got a bit better go in them. Uh, yes. A gravelly sort of... Perhaps there's some fault dormant in the transmitter that only showed itself when I put the new valves in. It's the valves or something else in the biasing circuit, who knows, but uh, it certainly has gone downhill as far as quality because it was actually uh, very clean, one of the better signals on the band previously. Now it um, isn't quite as good, so I guess you'll yes. have to work, work on it. I didn't build the transmitter, that's the trouble, so uh, I've got to sort of nut out how he built the thing. Was it Ross who built that? Yes. Mm. So um, it's got a, um, what is Class B modulator Yep. Um, with um, two 809s, and that's where the, where the valves are. Um, but it's just a standard speech amplifier before that, and I've got my suspicions there might be something a bit screwy in the speech amplifier. Yeah, it could be. I'm just trying because to Because when I've put the new valves in, it might be bringing this distortion that was probably already there, but, but I can't really see that because if you're going to have a fault there, um, you, you'll hear it whether you've got crook valves or not, wouldn't you? Yes, I'm still in the bedroom. I haven't got out into the big shed yet. Right. And the frequency's changing too. We're going up to 3686 next year. So... Uh, Yes, I've got. Uh, I've just got to trim the aerial. I want to have it so I've um, the dipole's resonant on about three three five seven zero. That's where it was cut for. And what I want to do is when I get up to um, three six eight six, I've got a terrible SWR, and the valve transmitter can take it, but the plate gets a bit red hot. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some um, at the end of each leg of the dipole, it'll be cut for uh, 3686 and then mm. I'm going to have some plug-in um, uh, drooping radials if you like, um, which will probably be about a foot, foot and a half long and they're going to be plugged in with a set of banana plugs and uh, that'll, if I want to talk on the old AM frequency, I'll just go out and plug these two ends in and that lowers the resonance. And then, if I want to talk on the higher frequency, I pull them out and just use the uh, use the aerial straight. I've been doing some experiments with it, and it's very successful. Oh, good. Yeah, I gave it away about quarter past nine because I had right. a couple of things to do with. Uh, see, Mum in hospital again. I've got washing to do and all sorts of things and housework. And if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. Before I had to go out and get the cat because <laughs> it was scratching on the window trying to get in. It mm. could hear me talking. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Dave, I'm going to give it away. I've got some things to do, but I will be listening on the um, probably uh, 80 metres. you got 80 metres yeah, running Yeah, it's up and running. It's a bit erratic. Yes, I'll have running. a listen. I haven't mm. listened on 80 for a while, so yeah. I'll keep pottering around and okay, we'll say morning we'll, uh, for now. We'll look after yourself. We'll let you get back to the housework and everything. Yeah, we'll catch you later. Yeah, okay. See you, Aiden. ta Dave. Cheerio. So there we are. Now, next G, um, yeah, the old phone is pretty wrecked anyhow. The buttons are all stuffed and yet it's hard to do text. The buttons would just uh, jam and everything. How's your mixer going, by the way? Oh, it's going. Not very well. Thinking of getting a, well, replacing it? Uh, well, I might get a Behringer. Uh, the thing is this, it's built into the desk. It's a big job if to pull it out. It's sort of a lot of woodwork and stuff. So what I might do is get a Behringer 
and use that for the more complex stuff and just feed the outputs into this uh, this this mixer. Just that a lot of the faders are gone bad and you can't get new ones anymore. I suppose mm. I could try and modify it and just put pots in there or something, but it's not a very good mixer. It looks impressive, right. but I suppose yeah. it's fairly old. Um, yeah, well that, that's what I would say. Yes, yes, getting a bearing or even just a cheaper mm. um, thing. I, I've got a Yamaha, which isn't cheaper. Actually, the the model I've got is better than the Behringer equivalent. Right. So um, it just depends. But if you just get something simple that does the job, generally good enough. Yeah, that's right. It does get quite complex here because you've got to send mix minuses to people and things like that. You really need a mixer with, um, I reckon, at least four auxiliaries per channel and your equalisation on a whole lot, so output as well. Yeah, it's amazing just how much you can spend on mics. Like I was suggested to buy a microphone, Behringer microphone, for $85 yep. just for the one mic when you can get three microphones for $65 that are just basic dynamic microphones, but they're you know, pretty much good enough. You can, you can easily spend thousands of dollars for a mic. Mm. This shotgun mic's about two grand or something, and that's without the casing and the windshield and the whole lot. Yeah, no, I mean, if you listen to the people on, on Skype just using headset mics, the, the quality is very good. Well, Anthony sounded the best of anyone, just a cheap cheap mic. I mean, look, a cheap little condenser mic in those things uh, can sound quite good. Mm. In fact, if you just go and buy a little uh, insert, condenser insert for a few dollars and power it with a battery, um, you've got quite a good mic. Like um, the, well, the microphones I'm thinking of getting at some stage, they're not actually condenser mics. They're still 3-pin XLR, but they're just not condenser. Uh, I can recommend, if you're ever interested in a cheap but very effective uh, little toy uh, for use for camcorders and things like that, it's 35, 35 or 33S. Uh, where's my box? Oh, I had it around here somewhere. Anyway, it's um, yeah, I've used it with my Panasonic uh, camcorder, and the, uh, the sound quality is uh, very, very good. Um, but the best thing is that the cord, um, by the way, it's got a, a little battery in it with a little amplifier. You know what you could use them for, Dave? You could actually have all these MIDI computers <coughs> running Linux and you could put Skype on it because Skype can run on Linux yep. and have all these cables and um, pretty much have a different Skype account for each computer. So you, you could actually control people's um, individual volume levels. That would be a much better idea, wouldn't it? So what you would have, you'd have your main account, as you've got at the moment, and then as you always call the same account, and then it will forward you on to the next available account. Right, okay. That sounds most interesting indeed. Yeah, so that, that's what um, most internet stations use. They have many computers with many Skype accounts, so you call the main one, and it goes, okay, that one's busy. We'll forward you on to another one. And if that's busy, it just keeps going down the line. One just for just for Scott. Oh yeah, these crazy you conversations. Can't, with. You can't have too many computers. So, uh, uh, so what have you been up to, Mr. David? Anyway, uh, not much. I've been very very boring here. Well, as I've said to David before, when I built uh, or got crystal sets back in the seventies, one of the things that I used to do was to actually uh, tune around, and I found that it would actually go up above the AM broadcast band 
and I'd hear these really, really strange transmissions on a Saturday night uh, up around, you know, just up above the AM broadcast band. I think they call it 160 metres. And there'd be these AM transmissions of these, I don't know, uh, young fellas, probably their early 20s, um, talking absolute, well, bilge, basically. Whatever you said about me when when I was gone, (coughs) it's all totally true or untrue. Tick one box. I'm on one side of the paper. I've been trying to struggle with uh, Peter with some things. Oh, but, yes. Uh, alas, the, uh, it didn't work, and Peter sort of disappeared. Is he still about? Yeah, he's online. I'm still here, yep. Peter, I was sending you things, and I, I heard naught. So, uh, anyway. My file is very short. It might have ended, so... Um Oh, I thought it might have, but can, um, you might have told me, but let's leave it until yeah, it's a, it's another, a another and better time, I think. Okay, I'm now, yeah, okay, a later time, that's, that's probably a good idea. But, um, Peter, time. you must admit, it did work well when it worked well. The rest of, of the time, of course, it was rubbish. Young, young Aiden is still here, and... Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, I've just come back, so who's on VHF, UHF, on the worldwide... The ASC system. I really should fire up the old KP202. Oh no, I'd have to buy. I'd have to buy crystals. Crystals were things that we used in the old days, and you save up your pocket money to to get channel B or something. I think you just go on eBay and buy a Chinese transceiver for forty nine dollars, thirty dollars postage, hundred channels, totally programmable from one hundred and thirty megs to one hundred and seventy eight subtones and cross, um, uh, uh, you know, repeater offsets the whole lot. So you never need to... For the Takes all the fun out, doesn't it? I mean, not really. They actually next work. Next you'll say we shouldn't wind our own coils. I mean, gosh, what is the world coming to? Yeah, well, make your own spark transmitter. Yeah, well, I'm just using one of those um, little Japanese ones at the moment. Yeah. Yes, the old Ken was the first of those type of things. Yep. Peter has gone to uh, hang his head in shame because uh, I can now... Confess that Peter and I have been rehearsing things that were going to happen tonight, and it's all fallen in a great heap. So, it's uh, fallen. oh, yes. Oh. And, and I kept saying, if we don't get this right, we can't do it because we can't annoy Dave. And so, oh God, I think I think next week, Dave, just block uh, me and Peter. Well, me, not Peter, but block me because we did try, we struggled, but it didn't happen. It was supposed to amaze you. And uh, total failure is the words, uh, are the words that, that are coming to me at this, at this time. What, are you going to replay something? No, no, we're, we're going to extend your uh, your reads to the to the world in hi-fi audio, but... Uh, mm. Mm. It didn't work. Crystals, yeah. crystals. When I was a boy, back when we had dinosaurs for pets, if you had uh, crystals, you were really something. I mean, you, you had... You know, one more channel to talk on, on two metres. Oh, some people got got brave and made a VFO. VFOs on two metres FM, uh, not a lot. No, a few. You can make a little, tr- make a v- make it uh, RC circuit to fit in a crystal socket and a squiggle around there. Drift around a bit, but it did work. What happened? So if you, if you, you know, breathed out the the frequency shifted by. I recall Peter Parker saying just a couple of weeks ago that uh, the struggle is still on with QRP to make a stable VFO, so can someone do the sound effect again? Or synthesise, you make a synthesiser now. 
no synthesizer. That, that's that's cheating. How about uh, you know an old-fashioned uh, VFO from a circuit diagram that you uh, bought from uh, you, you built from a uh, a copy of QST that you saved up for uh, back in 1970 Mumble. Oh, the old days. Where's the uh, thank you for the missions as always, and uh, how you got those old tapes from 75, 74, I will never know. I will die wondering. Well, just put them on a tape recorder well, what and a you sad, empty life you had back then. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that might be fun. And, and be. I am actually holding in my hot little hand here a cassette, a purple C60 Agfa cassette, and, and back then... I could have read the label without glasses, but uh, I can't now. And that was what I was going to play to you, but uh, uh, we all sort of drifted away. What? what, but, um, what? It says, uh, this one says, uh, broadcast part one. I wonder what broadcast part two was, but uh, you'll have to wait till next week, to next week's thrilling instalments of Mike's at uh, 3BWI. I, I, but I'm just amazed. Is it not weird that you actually have tapes of me? And I've what spoken to you for well, a couple of months, and mm. you look into your archives and you say, "Oh, this is you at 17 back in 1970." Mumble. It's a bit, a bit weird. Well, you, know, you also, ha you, you said you have a recording of me and Mike 302. Yes, I do. That's that's truly weird because mm. that would have been nothing. Uh, uh, well, why it's interesting. Did you uh, people used to use it. For their uh, entertainment. I mean, pre-internet days and cell phone days, uh, people have been in their cars driving around, talking on the radio. It was um, there was a lot of, an awful lot of uh, transmissions on the air. All of which you recorded for some bizarre reason. Thirty, uh, thirty mumble years is not bad, Dave. I mean, do you remember back in the day uh, when the repeater frequencies were going to be changed on two meters because there was an error made in ordering crystals for the Victorian division because Channel A, B, C were just a bit off. They were 147.mumble, 146.mumble, and they were going to change the frequency of the 2-metre repeater, 3RML, in which I had my first legal contact. Well, it's a true story. It's back in about 76, I would guess. The the head honcho of uh, RML was a guy called, I won't mention his surname, which is good because I don't remember it, David somebody, and we had a big debate about whether uh, we should shift up or down, you know, mumble kilohertz because what happened was that um, the Victorian repeaters were off by whatever kilohertz because somebody had got the math wrong. And particularly Channel A was the thing, that Channel A was way off. Oh. You didn't have this on tape? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Play me back. <laughs> it's true. I, mm. Absolutely true. So. Well, I, I have tapes here, as you know. God, do I have tapes. I mean, you, you're like the NSA of, uh, of uh, Melbourne, but uh, I have tapes going back to Mumble. Uh, I think you've killed me on the Gough Whitlam thing. I think you've won there. You've got a few treats to come with Tony. Oh, but, yes. oh, Peter's back. Yeah, I'm back. You would like those uh, Tony tapes if uh, he can get those. I, I know. Those. The, 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 all the risk can, can be burned, but the Tony stuff, for reasons which are obvious, uh, they're gold. But there's also other stuff. Um, any of me would be interesting. <laughs> any of you 
will be uh, blackmail, mater blackmail <laughs> material. But w you didn't, you weren't about, if I, I assume, were you? Yeah, I, I started in 19, let's see. Um, 19, I thought it was going to be 18, but yes. Yeah, 73 or 4, I was on, on okay. 160. Okay, go and get a bank loan because uh, you might be there. It could be you, as Tommy Hanlon said. It could be you, Mrs. Rona Britton of Downshire Road, Elstonwick. Or it could be you. And now here is your master of surprises, Tommy Hanlon Jr. Whatever you do, don't turn that dial and hello all the country stations now, because we got a good show for you today, and some lady or gentleman out there is going to have a chance to find the Riverland Orange with 30 pounds in it. Mercy! And today it could be you, Mrs. June Thomas of Norway Avenue in Blackburn. Where's June Thomas? Connie has 15 children. Clandestine, clandestine, not Candlestone. Little pet peeve there. I do have the tape right in my hand, a cassette, I should say, of Skylab falling to earth in 1970 mumble. Oh, but somehow it just doesn't count. I have got that on podcast with commentary from uh, from Tony talking about it and listening to it. And yeah, no, no, I'm not. Highest rating? Yeah. Well, on my cassette, which I'm sure would not, not I would not dare to compare it to your, uh, to your stuff, but um, it's actually recorded to save room in stereo, but on each track is different. And it's from the ABC back in 1970. When did it fall? 74? Five, yeah, six, like I, yeah, I have. I, I, I've listened and thought oh, well. nothing is nothing nearly as good as mine. No. It crashed in Western Australia. We were all sort of hiding under the bed, saying, "Oh my God, the sky is falling." And the guy there was saying, "Oh no, it it, it, it it's crashed way out into the sea. It wouldn't have been crashing on the land." Oh, a bit of sarcasm creeping into Dave's commentary. At but least uh, you're going to get the, them done one day, aren't you? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Just because you found the old cassettes of me, the old acetate discs. Yeah. I really felt old when he said, I've got you, Mike, on acetate. No, no, you're, you're just very old, Dave. Back in the old days, 21, we would have just just, be, just have begun to start. Just just before you go, yes. um, I, I do have two suggestions. One is that um, Peter and I fix and get the thing right that we've been doing the last week. Peter? Yep, that's fine. It's your leisure. Well, yeah, okay. And secondly, I, I think next time uh, both I and Peter and uh, Aidan should be coming in through uh, a radio link rather than the net. It's sort of cheating. I, I feel that I'm sneaking in the back door. But uh, people haven't got uh, the time or the inclination to get a proper radio system going. They don't have got the time or the interest. But we're sort of leeching from you, are we not, Dave? I mean, you've got the whole thing. We're, we're being broadcast across the worldwide 3AAC network. Yeah, hopefully, it, um, on the wireless uh, front, I did notice that there's been uh, a couple of uh, competitors come out with new wireless plans which are so, sort of uh, pretty competitive and will hopefully drive the price down a little bit. Luxury, luxury. Back company. in the day 300 board modem acoustic mm. coupler, we oh, thought yes. that was just screaming along. But Dave, yeah. you, you would remember back, uh, you, you would remember reading of things like the Traeger, Traeger uh, pedal set Yes. In the outback. Yes. And in, in its day, that was a revolution. So Traeger, today it's laughable, but it's it must have saved lives back in the yeah. 
year 1918. Uh, and they had the uh, keyboard. You, you pressed the keys and it would send Morse code out, so you didn't have to know Morse code. Hmm. Back back in the day, on six uh, on no, six mumble mumble megahertz, I used to listen to the School of the Air. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Miss Bellhausen here for three four um, teaching class this morning. How are you all today? Over. Oh, it's great to have so many chirpy people along today. I'm a bit of a dull, overcast day, but it's, it has been raining, which is great. We'll run through the roll first of all and just find out who... Thank you very much, Luke. Good morning, Wendy. Here is a huge hippopotamus hopping happily, hop, hop, hop. Gee, um, can somebody tell me a H word in that one? Is that you, William? No, but still over. Oh, thanks for that, William, for telling me who it was. Stop using HF fairly recently. How recently? Oh, I think there's Matter still some... Matter of a couple of years. Yep, that's right. Is that right? As recently as that? That's yep. amazing. Yep. I used to listen to, to the kids singing, and it was really weird, because the kids would cheerfully hit the button, and this is like, you know, single sideband. It wasn't really great quality. And the kids cheerfully sang away. <laughs> I wish I'd recorded that stuff, Dave. I don't think I've got that on tape. That's right, V, yeah, V, blah, blah, him. Shall we go on? Before they went over to sideband, they were on AM, obviously. Oh, hang on. In the intermediate period, the, the, the outstations were on sideband, but the main station was on, was on AM. And the kids would all sing in unison on sideband to be mixed through on the different channels, a bit like this. They had three or four channels and it would come back out on the main AM channel. And you have that, that on tape somewhere. Oh, yes. So we, we, we salute you, we just you know, bow before you and worship you as a god. That's amazing. The early 1990s when doing outback trips, I'd have my my Kodan radio on 5300 for red phone calls from um, Wyndham or Derby, Western Australia, and you had red phone calls going about 24 hours a day on 5300 from Western Australia, and on 5300 from Cairns, you had School of the Air. So you'd be listening to these two programs. You'd have School of the Air and the telephone calls going on. Everyone probably could hear both, but because it was single sideband, it didn't sort of interfere that much. That's a fairly, when you think about it, fairly antiquated system. But it used to work okay. David, what, uh, David what's um, these days on uh, HF uh, in terms of utility traffic? Uh, is there any, anything interesting to listen to of that ilk? Uh, not now. The coast station has closed down and there's there's very little outback traffic. Uh, aircraft are still on HF, uh, bit 8867, uh -huh. 5643. You'll hear uh -huh. long-haul aircraft. Yes, most people have gone to, over to sat phone or satellite or something like that. There isn't uh, a great deal. Fifteen years ago, you could tune across, you'd hear quite a bit of stuff. Country police still have HF. You see, they've got uh, HF whips on their cars. I, don't know I, I thought the police it. stuff was now all encrypted. Uh, 204 in pursuit. Yes, we're heading through the Mintone Shopping Centre towards the Payne Highway. Through the Mintone Shopping Centre towards the Payne Highway at present. Tower 216, Kiesra, I'll head that way in case you do cameras on foot. He's in the rear of the Mintone Shopping Centre at the Ford. My apologies, Valley. In the Forest Street, Minton. We're left into Plummer 
right towards Beach Road. Any unit in Beach Road, Frankston 407. Sandringham 206, we're at Sandringham heading south along Beach Road in case. We're in Plummer Road, still heading back towards Sharman Road. Heading's <laughs> Maintain 204. We've got a unit coming up Beach Road. Yeah, we're in Plummer Road now. Roger, it's a 1970 Valiant Sedan, Brown. Brown Valiant Sedan. Only in the Melbourne metropolitan area. I see. Country police uh, are still on VHF or UHF FM, unencrypted. Back in the day, I'm looking uh, across. No, I can't see it. I've got a receiver which uh, I would cheerfully tune into the local traffic in South Yarra. Uh, car. Now, they had codes, which, uh, no, too long to... I just want to say that uh, about the School of the Air, I went to um, Alice Springs when I was about 15, something like that, so in the st time when I'm, no, it's before, I'm, I'm younger, I'm 12, 13, something like that. Oh, yes. And visited the School of the Air, and there was some big deal because the Queen had been there oh, and uh, yes. had spoken to the kids. So. The Queen used to always go to the School of the Air. The Pope went to the School of the Air, too. Did he? Wh which Pope? <laughs> oh, the one that came out here 20 years ago. Yeah, Pope Mumble. Yeah, that's right. They used to like getting on the School of the Air. High ratings. See, you've been there, I, I gather, Dave. It was not very impressive. It was just a little tiny room and the transmitters, sorry, the emitters were nothing much and sort of not much happening. Back in 1970, Mumble. That's all I can remember. I went to the Catherine one. They've got like a proper little uh, production booth and all that sort of thing. C Catherine? Is that Catherine Gorge? Am I... Uh, Catherine, it's near Catherine Gorge, yeah. I wonder why that isn't recording. Maybe Remember, people, Dave is recording all of this and in 30 years' time, we'll all be embarrassed. Yes, I think Catherine's gone. Just, uh, I think they've stopped using HF. Yeah, I, I just went there uh, this year, actually. Oh, right. They, they use um, uh, satellite internet now. Yeah. Two or three years ago, they were still using HF, which is probably... I mean, the satellite, the HF worked pretty darn well. I mean, the 5 megs and 8 megs used to get out pretty well. If uh, you pedalled hard enough, I guess. So I suppose the school of the air is, is, is no, no longer. In fact, even uh, 10 years ago, the Victorian Education Department had a external services thing and you used to be able to tune in and there was people on HF are talking back to their teachers, people in remote areas of Tasmania and uh, New South Wales, Victoria. Um, do you remember VL2UV? You want me to play that one again, do you? VL2UV. Oh. Yes, oh, please. please, please add that to the list, yes. Okay. Well, I, I think that's a unanimous... Aiden, come on, make it unanimous. We all want it. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. um, I used to listen to that when I was back in Lansfield uh, many years ago. Okay. So well, I've got two degree, well, postgrad degrees from UNSW now. From and I've actually been to the campus at Kensington and actually seen where the transmitter would have been up on the main building. Do you know there was a uh, transmitter on the RMIT building as well? They had their own remote HF broadcast service. Really? I didn't yep. realise that. Yep, there was a studio and a little transmitter, well, quite a big transmitter booth there. I think it's around what? about six megs and uh, used to have correspondence talks, uh, courses run for people in country areas in uh, Victoria and Tasmania. The oh, right. two towers up on the building there. In a similar vein, do you recall the, um, I don't know what it was called, but they had a, uh, like, radio for the print disabled on shortwave in New Zealand uh, uh, for a while? Don't think I've heard, heard that one. What it really, what, what, what frequency about? Oh, they used to be on a couple of different frequencies, oh, down, yeah. mainly down below five megs from memory. Oh, right, okay. 
Remember, I'm, I'm, I think you know that I was born in <clears throat> a certain country. I'm not naming names, but uh, do you have an affiliation with two islands across to the to, to the right of us? So uh, that's where do I get you, my golden voice from, of course. The golden do you voice. like do you like sheep a lot? I knew, I knew that as soon as no. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, they had a shortwave service. You could pick it up, um, and if I were to really hunt around, I could probably find an old. Um, QSL card uh, from uh, from there. I did some work back in the 1980 Mumbles for uh, the Victorian. What was it called? Uh, <laughs> the mob down off Punt Road, bit down to uh, towards uh, there. That mob. Oh yes. Uh, to do with their, it was called Tag, the Technical Analysis Group. And the blind people are just amazing, uh, just incredible. The funny thing was that <laughs> shortly afterwards I was diagnosed with uh, glaucoma. So uh, I, I was thinking I've got to you know, pick up some tips here, people. <laughs> Hopefully it's um, been under got under control. Well, the people at TAG, uh, the blind people, were amazing. You would There was one guy in particular who prided himself on being able to fool you that he wasn't blind. Is that right? Um, he was good. He was good. I uh, failed the first test, but the rest of them, are, of course, after that. Anyway, that's a long and boring story. We should. Well, we'll we play our favourite clip from Radio University. So it's about the tenth. Brian time. Brian Henderson was a New Zealander. Um, Joe Bielke Peterson. Oh, hang on. I think I've just hanged myself no. on my own. There were a lot of radio people though, but uh, from New Zealand. Who was that? Uh, TV weatherman who was from New Zealand who went to um, CCTV9 in China. Uh, uh, Edwin Ma. Yeah, he's a New Zealander, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's um, a certain... I don't know who Ed, Edwin Ma was, but I didn't know he was a Kiwi and I didn't know he was in China. Edwin Ma is now reading the news on CCTV9 in um, in China, believe it or not. Uh, that, when I say in China, uh, he's actually in, physically in China and he reads the news on China's uh, international uh, satellite TV channel. Does he uh, do it in Mandarin? Uh, no, like no, no, he does prime no, minister no, that will remain famous, <laughs> No, 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 he does it in, um, in English and uh, it's an English language channel um, and uh, they hired it. What happened was they to kind of improve the professionalism, etc., of the, the channel... They went out and hired a whole lot of um, expats, including uh, Mr. Ma himself. Yes. I, well, I, I, I believe that adding New Zealanders to any chat session is uh, going to improve it vastly. Am I right, Dave? Or am I going to get click, get the boot right now? Oh, may we say, God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the Governor General. I, I, I didn't play that, so... Uh, Listen, Aidan, you little, little sprout, I was there on the day, on 11-11-75, which shows you how old I am. Well, you, you were so happy that things were unfolding the way they were. Uh, hmm, no, uh, I think you mistake my accent for my politics, but uh, really? <laughs> let's oh, not okay. go there. I quite... can say that uh, on, on that fateful day, uh, Goff looked at me directly and address his speech uh, to me. Um, it was after the, the speech that Aidan's uh, played, 
he came out into a tiny little courtyard and spoke to about, I don't know, 50 people. And I just looked and thought, why the hell are you doing this, mate? Go and uh, go and do what you have to do. So, uh, and by the way, I didn't put a cent in the bucket. And so that's why, to this day, children, Gough Whitlam has never sent me a Christmas card. So you were standing, looking up at the steps as he was talking, those famous words. Yes, uh, and, and in fact, I looked at some YouTube stuff trying to see myself. So, Do you think I'm you there somewhere? My mum told me that she saw me. Oh my God! I just realised, Dave, you'll be combing it looking for me. Yes, but I... thank God you <laughs> don't know what I look like. How can I find out what you look like? <laughs> you will. You'll find out. Yes, I'll get a terrible shock when you don't know what people look like and that you've been listening to them for a while. I think we, we didn't we talk about the momentous. Um, times in, in life, what were you doing when X happened? Mm. And one of them, I thought, was uh, when Goff was sacked, and yeah. uh, I can go back to when Kennedy uh, was shot, and uh, Aidan would probably go back to when Britney Spears uh, released her last album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well, I, I, I was standing well, on the grassy knoll when, when Kennedy got shot. Yes, I was there. I actually had a dingo beside me, and... Uh, <laughs> I was in the book depository building. I was looking at your um, holiday snaps, Dave. Oh, yes. Which which holiday? Uh, most recent one. Oh, right, um, okay. Hmm. So did you fly there in the plane, did you? Uh, we met the uh, person in the plane. We we drove there and met them in the aeroplane. Where are these fly around. holiday snaps of which you speak, are you? Are they hidden away somewhere? Mm, the... they're, on, oh, no. they're on Flickr, I think. Yeah. People have been to such important world events. I was there. Mm. Oh, I've got the... Thank you, uh, Aidan. A-E-D-E-N. That, that spelling has to be wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> I saw Mr. Golf. I was 18 years old. I've said the story before about how uh, Bob Hawke was sitting behind me in the, uh, in the plane. Uh, my mum gave me a first-class flight. Good on you, mum. She's uh, not... Not real uh, sort of like living at the moment, but uh, weird. And uh, Bob Hawke pinched my book called uh, uh, Mumble the Australian Constitutional System by uh, Chris Ben Somebody. And at the end, he pushed the book back to me. And uh, um, that train crash. Oh, that's right. I've have, have still got that on there. Oh, yeah, it must be the train crash, yeah. You were there, were you? Yes, I was I was there too. We were at all these important events, covering from them for the world media. That's right, yes. Oh, well, I might have a look at their high res. So. Oh, oh, yes, I like they're quite, the... quite good photographs. Oh, actually. were you there? You won't see a photo of me there, though, because I was taking them. Isn't that good? Always take a camera in case it go to some some momentous event. Yeah. I prefer to find out what other people have been doing, like sitting next to Bob Hawke in the plane. Yeah, and, and, and recording like it all. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking Murdoch, Packer, come on. So you would have been uh, an 18-year-old reading a book on the Constitution. That's amazing, isn't it? It wasn't. <laughs> but uh, getting back to, uh, to, to, uh, to you, I'm still looking at your transmitter hall. Oh, the transmitter hall, yes. I just dream of having a transmitter hall. It, to keep those tiles polished. Uh, every day I spend hours and hours polishing the tiles in the transmitter hall. I thought you'd have your slaves licking them. But, uh, 
I'm looking at the booth, which has a, a young boy, which I, I somehow think you've smuggled that one in. He's... <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm quite young. You keep saying I'm old. I'm actually quite young. <laughs> uh, Crossband radio emissions booth. My God. Uh, in future, I'll uh, adopt a needling posture when I uh, come here, because obviously we're in the presence of a... Um, not, not God, but a, a demigod. The and the planes, the planes. You went in little tiny planes that I used to fly back in the year 19 oh, Mumble. Cessna 171s, I think they are, from 1956, and they're still made. Jesus, I, I haven't had, I was going to say have, had an endorsement in 172. I didn't know 171 Maybe existed. it's a 172. I'm not really an aeroplane person. The I 172 just... was like the Commodore of, of the air. So I... I've got a question, actually, for you guys who a bit more experienced with uh, the 1975 dismissal and everything. On the website with all the, the sound recordings, it says that um, it's got some recordings there of Bob Hawke's response to the dismissal. Uh, do you have any idea what his response actually was? Really? Well, are you asking what he said to me uh, outside of the plane? Because it wasn't much. He and, was one nod to me. Do you no, mean no, on the steps of Parliament House? No, no, no. What I mean is that uh, Hawke's uh, how did uh, Hawke was, I think, leader of the ACTU at the time, uh, or around and also that time. leader of the Federal Labor Party. But, yeah. yeah. So, um, was he supportive of of Goff or not su supportive? <coughs> Dave, uh, while I uh, yeah. roll on the floor laughing, I think you will answer this. Oh, sir, I, I, I respectfully disagree. Uh, I don't disagree. I respectfully just would say he was leader, federal leader of the Australian Labor Party. Uh, from I think about 74 and no, sir, I, again I, 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 I no, that would be 73-ish the Labour Party in the sense of the federal leader of the Labour Party not the parliamentary party it's a right. totally different deal gosh what were you doing man you must have been you must have enjoyed the 70s if you didn't uh, didn't know that I also have Super 8 films which I took of uh, uh, of Goff and uh, Bob Hawke and Malcolm Fraser, which, um, if you're not nice to me, I'll uh, put on the web. It says here, I was reading um, Hawke's uh, Wikipedia entry, that he actually joined the Labour Party in 1947. Yeah, that, that, that would be about right. That would be after he was at Oxford. No, during the time he was at, uh, at Oxford. By the no. way, just in case anyone gets it wrong, I'm not a, I'm not a booster for a Hawke or um, Whitlam or any. My politics are my own business. So. No, 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 we're not, yeah, no, I'm just, making, just trying to clarify the actual points here. Hawke became federal president of the Labor Party. Okay. So you're quite right. So um, I'm always right. Listen to, listen to me. I know you used to enjoy a drink. Ah, uh, yes. He, quite a lot, really. Uh, my... Uh, Sorry, this says he, that he was an alcoholic. So, oh, well, um, okay. That's a bit rough. I don't I mean, he's, you're just saying what Wikipedia says, so book Wikipedia. If it's on Wikipedia, it must be true. Yep. Absolutely. I'm so, just making a, a, an entry here for uh, David Mumble. Uh, I shouldn't have said that, but uh, for David, for, for 3 AC and for missions. Oh, there's not now, but there, there, there will be. Then do I get my uh, recordings back from... Uh, they're in cyberspace now, so it doesn't matter. The, the cat's so, out so of the bag. You. Tell me, David, where were you back in 70 Mumble? 
11 November 75, when you heard that golf was uh, not looking good on your crystal set. Is that it? Is that your big memory? Actually, the, the deal was Whitlam came up with a thing which said that um, um, public servants would be paid by a sort of voucher scheme from the banks, and the banks knocked it back. And, and so, what was the reaction? Clearly, Dave was asleep basically through most of 1975. I think my politics might have changed a bit over the years. When people are younger, they tend to be more, I suppose, um, left-wing uh, and or attracted to things like green politics and more... Uh, but as they um, get older and they have families, uh, they tend to become more conservative. Back in the 1920 mumbles, uh, people were attracted to not just uh, the left, but to the, what we would say that the far yeah. left, socialism. So they had a, uh, an expression, uh, you can Google it, something along the lines of uh, who was not in the 20s red. Anyway, that's brought this thing to a grinding crunch. David, I'm just going just going through your photos here, and um, you've got one with the yellow sign, or yellow wooden sign marked EMU pointing towards in a particular direction. What yeah. was that all about? That is pointing towards the EMU field, EMU test field, atomic test field in South Australia. Oh, is that what they called it? Which is not to be confused with Maralinga, which is a few hundred uh -huh. kilometres further south. Uh, EMU uh -huh. was the first mainland atomic test site where they exploded two major atomic bombs and a few other minor tests. So what's the little white sign that we can't read here uh, underneath it all about? White sign. Well, under the uh, under the emu yellow sign, with it pointing to the left, right, there's like an A4 sheet of paper stuck to a yellow board. They're the uh, the original Lembadel coordinates. Oh, OK. Fair enough. He, which he and used as... With the, got navigated from the stars in, in the 1950s and marked out all those locations. Right. So um, is this here a prohibited area? Does that mean you're not allowed to go in there? You get $10 million fine, 20 years in jail, and, and get a spank on the bum if you go in there. Okay, and also afterwards you glow in the dark, don't mm, you? <laughs> that's not that dangerous anymore. Oh, you can't. You can't. It's it's easy okay, enough to get. It's easy enough to get a permit to go in there. You just write a letter in a few weeks beforehand, state that uh, you wish to travel through, and uh, there's usually no problem. Now, I see him looking through the. Sorry, Peter, go on. Sorry, no, I was going to say. No, I'll I'll let you talk first because I just found another photo I wanted to ask about. So go on, first, Mike. No, I was going to ask about uh, VHFOB. VH being uh, the aircraft call sign. Uh, yep. Uh, thing. Compare to CFVK, uh, FOB is a 172. Were you with a group of guys, or did you charter it? Or? We've been to EMU before, but anyway, we're, myself and my son, we're going to go for a trip to Western Australia anyhow. Anyway, this other particular party, they wanted to have a look at EMU, and they were fl doing a flying trip. So we organised to meet at the EMU clay pan on a certain time and a certain day, it's a very remote area. Since we had the vehicle, we spent a couple of days there and the people in the plane, they could come out with us and have a look around some of the archaeological sites around the test area. So no, basically... But, but, but what I was asking was, um, they sent them back and, and prayed. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, the aircraft register. Oh, right, OK, yeah. Yeah, so there you are. It's all on the net, isn't it, uh, Aidan? Nothing. Not on anyone, anywhere. 
Yeah, quite a nice little oh, aeroplane. I've started to sweat. Uh, Aidan can work out where I am. And so how long did it take to fly from, what, Melbourne, from Moorabbin to... I uh, think um, a couple of days. I think they flew from uh, a couple of hours from Cuba PD to Emu. And, you know, two days, I suppose, to, for, to Cuba PD from Melbourne or something like that. I've never taken anyone on a, a, a light aircraft for that distance. That's uh, just seems to me that it's like you know putting someone in prison and uh, saying sit there, do nothing. Just you thought uh, Jetstar was bad. Try this. I guess if you restrict it to three or four hours flying at a time, they are pretty claustrophobic. Those little planes. But then again, I can tell you, driving to Emu to get from Cuba PD to Emu was two days. It's about 250k, I think, and I think there's a photograph of the road there. It's not much fun either. You know, flying mightn't be a bad I've idea. I've actually been to Cuba PD when I was a kid, mm. and of course they're all underground. They're, they they tunnel like moles. Yes, uh, there are a lot of moles there. Vastly overpriced opals, if I recall. I'm looking at a picture that's titled "This Goes On During Live Missions" from your Flickr site. I've forgotten they were on. Actually, I thought they were marked private. Well, what's fascinating is that is. The guys look at a PC screen with a uh, waveform, but to the left of the wave uh, of the PC is uh, are three incredibly ancient old meters. They're they're official by VU meters, which I'm looking at now. They are the best VU meter you can get. They've well, got I excellent, that, of course, sir, excellent. But, uh, they're they're a VU characteristic, but they've got a nice peak reading. They're ballistics Action. and they're yep. uh, PPM and they're mumble That's mumble. right. Yes, yes. I, I know they're, they're superb. They're just looking incredibly old. In fact, the guy on the left... Um, no, I think I'll, I'll stop there. The, those meters aren't that old, actually. They would have been made in the 70s or later. That's a style of meter. Hey, Aidan, Aiden, did, did you notice he said they're not that old. They were made in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The 1970s, last century. They're like a style of meter. They're like a retro style. In fact, you can probably still buy them. Where? <laughs> I remember seeing a site, a British site, that makes retro-style mixing desks, and they're full of meters like that. What I want before I die is to have a mixing desk and meters and meters and more meters, because you're not a real ham unless you have lots of meters. What do they read? Left and right record, a mono mix, and the audio max out, and those, those four meters on the, the panel there. Then I've got off-air 160, off-air 2 metres and off-air 80 and uh, all the auxiliaries and things. So you, you can never have too many VU metres. Too many is not enough. Those little aeroplanes, they don't take, there's not, don't need much space to land and take off. Oh, Just they're there when down. I'm flying them. But uh, we should uh, organise a, um, a, a mobile missions with, uh, I can see it now, uh, with uh, Dave clinging on to the, uh, to the wing to the right wing and uh, Peter on the left wing, all screaming, <laughs> saying, let me off, let me off. Chairman's come back from the from the grave. Well, you, you said that they do, and I, I, I just bow before you. I'm not worthy. But I don't think that actually there are any, any transmitters in open running 15k. But, well, name one. <laughs> so when you, when you say 9 kilohertz, yeah. that's AM, so there'd be 4.5 kilohertz on each sideband, wouldn't there, Dave? No, I mean 9 kilohertz audio, 18 kilohertz Total total bandwidth. Oh, so that's quite wide. Yeah. Three, it's I have on. done that, and and, and, and three low is loud, and you know, everything is 100%. And good old three AR, yep. not 
far end. <laughs> Sounds it's very still nice. Still three AR to me. Yep, three AR. And I don't, I don't think three uh, is three for a long time. But, uh, you, you're quite right. But I don't believe that they, they're doing anything like 18K. But, sir, you are a god. We worship you as a god, so you must know. I've been working on a website with audio clips from AM stations and spectrograms in, in from AM stations. In the last years, Dave. I mean, no, what? no, no. Recently, I must admit, some previously the stations used to sound... Some sounded better than they do now. But if you have the right receivers quite easy to recover 12 or 13 kc of audio response from some stations at fairly low distortion. Isn't the best receiver just a crystal set? I mean. No, because you get uh, distortion, bias distortion on the uh, detector. Oh, okay. With, an, with, with Tony's famous infinite impedance detector, which, we, as we know, is, is yeah. the best thing since... Uh, because of, I, could, I, could, I could bat that back and forth, but I won't. Yes. So you, you say that uh, Melbourne broadcast stations are broadcasting... 18 kilohertz. They're 18 kilohertz wide. They broadcast 9 k kilohertz of audio, which means it's 19, 18 kilohertz wide, that total band for the station. Okay, back to 9 kilohertz. I don't think the regulations actually stipulate they need to put a filter in, but some do. I, I, I think... Uh, Peter? Yep? Help me, because I'm going to say that Dave is wrong, and I'll probably disappear. Peter... Uh, tell me to uh, say nothing and shut up. Uh, no, uh, sorry, I wasn't trying to be smart. Oh, yes, I was, but uh, yeah. I, I was not disagreeing uh, with... Uh, I Dave, totally agree with Dave. <laughs> totally actually, agree. Uh, Mike, uh, actually, from memory, when I went over to Dave's place, he actually showed me some of these on the uh, spectrograph, so uh, I think he's uh, pretty right there. I totally so, agree with Dave. Yeah, and, and, and isn't that appalling? Yeah. By the way, so you mentioned OptiMod uh, processors, which uh, uh, 3MP here run like uh, at uh, I think the max settings, but to me it sounds great. I, I love compressed, equalised audio, and so does John Laws. I mean, to me, uh, I have a problem with it. Didn't we talk about John Laws? I mean, he really did run, you know, the, the whole golden mic thing. He um, had a little thing, a box which uh, had an equaliser and compressor in it, and that made his voice sound, you know, as though he had incredibly large um, lower uh, dangling things. And uh, hmm. you can set the parameters for you know to make your voice sound the way you want it to sound like. Mm. Back in the day, uh, before uh, all this. AM would have been fairly wideband, would it not? Uh, in fact, I know this because I'm going back to the 70 mumble. Good old Peter Evans. And you uh, listen to some of the sound files there, not recorded by me, but recorded by somebody else uh, through an AM3. Peter, help me. I have no idea what AM3 is. When I got the tapes and played them back, I thought, hang on, th these are studio recordings. That th these, these can't be off-air, but th they're definitely off-air recordings. goes to show... It used to sound used to sound exceptionally good and, and still can. I've forgotten his name and uh, I hope he's still alive. Three O M. Uh, oh yes, yes, he's still around. In fact, I spoke good. to him a few hours ago on the phone. Did you really? Well, tell him that his seventy five S three C is. Uh, I shouldn't say well looked after. Perhaps not. It's in the garage somewhere. I've got some uh, messages from our, one of our correspondents. Ron not Ron Fisher, but. Uh, that says here, Magic 1278 goes to at least 12kc if they're not running the Optimod. Uh, that's one message. Sorry. Where does he, Peter, where does he get all these magic messages from? Eh? I think he's in league with the devil. 3 oil. Uh, here we are. It's not the Mitters. 
uh, that's a problem. It's the audio. It's the audio processors. And what have we got here? But I actually like audio processing. I mean, beat me, whip me, make me feel cheap. But I like it in the in the the booth. Well, I, I can <laughs> say, and and you can record yeah. this. Hit the play, bu the record button. Yeah. Must when I said this before, when um, AW and uh, MP changed uh, channels. I listened to 3MP, which is not my kind of station, no, I have to say, and it sounded amazing. And I think it was the Optimod going at full pelt. Mm. Uh, and I was happy. Didn't listen to it, but uh, do they clipping at, uh, what, RF or... Uh, I mean, clipping to me is just, you know, diode back-to-back -back and filter and bang. So it might be a little bit more. That those Optimods are not cheap, so... Now, Dave, you, you would know, back in the 1970 mumbles, ABBA. ABBA, the Dancing Queen. Was that a comment or a uh, uh, term of abuse? That, 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 that's the song that came into my mind, but anyway. <laughs> or an incredibly revealing uh, insight into your uh, psyche. Um... I think you'll find that back in the day with the early ABBA stuff, they somebody came up with a box that would, would clip and compress and equalise and so forth. And they um, licensed it on the basis of you pay me you know, five cents a record or something. I think you'll find that's correct. I'll look it up and uh, and tell you. They, they didn't, in fact I know it, it's the truth, but they didn't uh, just say, here's the box, go for it. You want yes, it to but, sound like so. Back in the day, I mean, I, I can still remember. I know that I've been shot down in flames for it, but I used to listen to Tony Sanderson um, back in 60 Mumble, Mumble. And 70 Mumble. Mumble, yeah. And I used to listen to him stop and talk about things, and then slowly, 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 the clock come up on the audio. Yep. Tick, 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 tick. And he used to talk about dual time constants and, yeah. and all, all that stuff. Compared to today's limiters, that was a very, very uh, basic limiting device. It just was a, a limiter with a dual time constant. Yeah, it, it, it sounded quite good. Nothing quite good. We, we, we thought that was amazing. On I used to listen to that too, and I thought, that is a f that is a most amazing sound. I remember going to his place, putting on the, the crappy AKG tinny headphones and hearing this compression, and every time you spoke, everything would go silent. And I thought, this is fantastic. Imagine if I could one day have a machine like this that made things sound like this and play records through this machine, and you play old 45, and the clicks and pops would just go send it into super limiting and sound so so official. And, of course, now I've got a rack of them. It was more fun back then. I, I actually built some stuff um, using... That's... Uh, what would they have been? From a Wireless World article, which promised zero distortion. But of course, uh, you can't get it because it's the. Um, uh, it's to do with the uh, low frequency waveforms that uh, the compressor can't. All right, I might head off now. Oh, okay, Aiden. Uh, hope, hope you haven't been too bored. I, I, knew, I knew we would eventually get Aiden to go to sleep. You know, he's fascinated <laughs> hearing about this broadcast engineering, aren't you? Uh, no comment. Um, I will. Uh, I think I'll head off too, gentlemen. So okay. uh, I'll say morning to you both. Okay. Well, it's been most interesting.
I haven't seen much. <laughs> well, maybe that's why it's been interesting. <laughs> oh, that's a bit cruel. I thought that, oh, that, that sort of insult was reserved for me. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it should be. No worries. Oh, thank, okay. thank you, too. Well, do so, sir. I mean, I've... I think the other one yes, might be I'll, slightly no, better. No, no, no. Henry, Henry trumps me every time. They've all gone, by the way. Did you see that? As soon as you said, I'm going to play a broadcast, bang. Yes, they've all gone. Uh, yeah. But, but listeners on... Go for it. Yeah, it's been most interesting again. No, don't, don't be polite. Be polite. Just play the thing and... Uh, okay. I'll find something sharp and just end it all. I've lost the will to live. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. That, if it's with Harry and, and Whitlam, it has to be me. I'd like to hear it again. I mean, it's 35 years, so... Uh, You'll be hearing again quite a few times, I think. Yes, I'm sure I shall. It'll I'll, be on I'll the... leave the money on the left uh, <laughs> tree from the... Go to bed, though. Okay, see you, Mike. Cheers. Cheerio. We haven't had time to read ex- excerpts from our radio, television, and hobbies, or anything like that. Oh well. Thank God for that. But 